0: This is Christopher Larkin, and you're listening to Player One on Sin.
1: Chris, can you just uh, tell tell our audience, besides Hollow Knight, what other games, or even film and TV, have you scored?
0: Before Hollow Knight, I wrote the music for a video game called Expand. Um, And Expand is a circular labyrinth-type game where you guide a pink square around a maze that continuously changes um, as you move and you have to avoid getting squashed. But it was also a very abstract and um, artistically liberating kind of game in the sense that I could really take my music to places I hadn't previously taken it. Um, and before that, I was also working on a kids' TV show called The Adventures of Figaro Foe, uh, which is about a, a, a bald, um, very obscure type of character who has every phobia known to man, and every episode is about... A different phobia, like fear of spiders or fear of heights, and all that sort of stuff. So a lot of st- slapstick humour in there as well, which is a lot of fun to. Can you school.
1: describe? So obviously, Hollow Knight is the game that everyone will be familiar with. Our audience, sure. Can you describe how you went from? Because uh, they're in Adelaide, studio, and you're based in Adelaide. How you went from say high school to, and how you got into Hollow Knight? Like sure, that path.
0: I went through, I guess, primary school and high school. Uh, doing on music on and off, actually. it was Music was never a constant, uh, dedicated study. It was only until um, I started learning some piano with my dad in my early teens when he started to introduce the concept of improvisation, because all my previous um, experiences with trying to learn an instrument never involved improvisation. And it was through improvisation that I discovered that I could actually compose my own music. And the piano, the piano especially was no longer just a, a instrument to try and recite other people's music, but it became a tool for making new things. It was almost like a canvas, if you like. So, And then at that time, I also got a MIDI tracker and eventually Fruity Loops, and uh, me and my friends would make slightly trashy uh, techno on our laptops and stuff, and I sort of kept working on that and uh, started studying composition at the very end of high school and then went to a music school called the Older Conservatorium of Music in Adelaide. And while I was there, I met uh, Matt Trobiani, who's a game developer who's doing some great stuff still today. And uh, But I worked on his game and then through uh, through working with him, I went to an Adelaide-based uh, anime and video games convention where there are more indie developers and that's sort of how the, the indie stuff grew. Um, and through film and game work, I eventually met the developers of Team, uh, sorry, the developers called Team Cherry, who are behind the video game called Hollow Knight. How I got the gig, I guess I could say, I knew Ari Gibson, who was the director, of, sorry, uh, the co creator of Hollow Knight, but also the art director of Hollow Knight, but they were going through a Kickstarter campaign. And a lot of composers were sort of submitting their work because the Kickstarter campaign was going off it went really well, huge success but I, I wrote a pitch essentially um, and uh, which which helped but I also got together and meet, met with them, we discussed things and eventually I got the, the gig on Hollow Knight What do you think it's
1: about your pitch that they liked? Uh,
0: I think the pitch had, so the pitch was a piece of music and just as a note for those who um, may not be as aware the process of composers getting jobs often involves us writing a short piece of music just to demonstrate what we can do it's not always the case but it's sort of our way of doing a job application i guess so um uh the the pitch itself i guess became a bit of a mood board of tonal possibilities of what the themes could be um and uh, it also carried a bit of melancholy with it a bit of um emotional attachment and i think that sort of lined up with their brief for what they wanted for the game
1: are you good at the game
0: me good uh i've gotten better at it as a result of working on it for a lot but i'm definitely not the best
1: when you when you (laughs) play when you play a whole night do you turn the like the music up or do you mute
0: it uh i've been muting it (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) you don't like (laughs) trying to um, work. (laughs) i'm trying
0: to well i there are moments where was like i wouldn't mind just seeing if that it worked but with my playthrough yeah i've just been Uh, heard it so many times that okay it's actually interesting as a composer of a video game to go back and play that video game but mute the music and then play something completely unrelated in the background just to sort of see the sort of psychological effect different types of music can have on the in-game events so a bit of an experiment
1: now we know the sequel's coming silk song are you, you involved with that one
0: I am, so I'm writing the music for... and doing all the sound effects for Silk Song, as I did with, with Hollow Knight.
1: So I must... Um, I mean, I don't know how much you can tell us, but, you know, it's in the title, Silk Song, so music must play a, a different or more involved role in the game? Uh,
0: you could say that. <laughs> Sorry, I can't reveal too much. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... Uh, music is prominently featured in the game.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, in this generation, you got you know, technology to make writing music easier. Do you ever like kind of you know restrict yourself to th- you know, to, you know, retro, um your MIDI's or that side, trying to thing to for your create TV?
0: Yeah, well uh, my main tool is my PC for producing and composing music. I'm very much in the world of sequencing music in MIDI and using sample libraries to generate my work. Uh, with Hollow Knight we did have a couple musicians featured heavily in it one was tim Cheel who played viola uh in Dirtmouth and a number of the other tracks and uh, amelia jones who's a fantastic singer uh mezzo soprano based here in melbourne she performed on the track city of tears but otherwise definitely a lot of my stuff is sequenced um and i've been thinking about this a lot lately and <clears throat> the question of how much do we try to get performed <coughs> excuse me performed live for video games versus how much do we keep sequenced because video games has a huge history of i guess um sequenced midi in a way or like in like in console sound generators that had to receive i guess some type of midi information or code to generate the sound so it's had a huge it's midi sequencing is sort of uh it's grown along with the video game medium so there's a certain amount of charm to it i think um, but, yeah, I'm definitely working in that medium. <laughs> yeah, I, think
1: it's, um, I was thinking about this um, earlier today. It's just like, you know, you think about retro music, you can it, it's always, you know, melodies, you can kind of hum it, whereas in today's music, sometimes it's like a massive orchestra. Perhaps yeah. it's it can be memorable, but sometimes maybe it's not as memorable. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I think for a lot of the big-budget uh, AAA games, um especially open world adventures sometimes we don't hear a lot of distinctive themes and it's more of a a mood texture if you like and don't get me wrong i really love a lot of that stuff as well but i guess the stuff i'm exploring with um hollow knight is definitely a bit more of the melodic yeah driven um compositions and writing uh which is a bit more prominent in more of the retro stuff yeah yeah so
1: we're in Melbourne now. So, what do you think of the the past week? It's Untitled Goose Game. That's the talk of the town. Have you had? Oh, a yeah. to, have you had a chance to play that?
0: I love Untitled Goose Game. Oh. I, I'm not very far into it, mind you. So I, I'm yeah, still <laughs> uh, getting my head around it. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's basically It's made by a group here in Melbourne. Right? That's right. Yeah. House yeah. House. Um, uh, fantastic idea. It, it makes slapstick humor interactive which is something that needs to be done more in the industry I think so it's great that they're you know, like leading the charge with that stuff Yeah.
1: and what do you think of the soundtrack in that?
0: I think it's very clever yeah. um, the use of these little uh, short um, uh, piano like motivic little gestures that come in and out when you grab something or try and run away with. As, so you play as the goose and you might steal you know uh, a shovel from a farmer and then the little chase music that comes in is very delightful and very pretty so
1: yeah. you know what it, you probably wouldn't expect the game it actually kind of reminded me of like the soundtrack have you played Zelda Breath of the Wild yet?
0: yes so
1: uh, you know well, yeah, good it's point. the piano yeah. bits that yeah. you know you just wander around um, yeah. aim- aimlessly and just like interacting with things and then the piano just starts going mm. and even though they're completely different games there it's are similarities just, there definitely
0: yeah um there's a uh, Breath of the Wild has a lot of those short, uh, pianistic gestures yeah. in the music, and I think it yeah works very well in, in both games for sure. And uh, I saw in an interview actually you'll you are te- you about too, Ocarina of Time one of your big um,
1: inspirations yeah. uh, of that yep. game obviously. So but before I talk about that game in particular, how do you you know we just talked about how games um, you know with massive orchestras might not be memorable. Do you see um, with Breath of the Wild now having these little piano bits? Like how do how do, you, how, do you, how would you compare that to your Ocarina time? Do you think it's do you prefer like the old way?
0: I must admit, I think I prefer the old way a little bit more. Yeah. That said, uh, they do bring a lot of the themes back in Breath of the Wild in certain places. Like the towns have more distinctive themes; they're scored a bit more more like the like Koji Kondo's work, uh, and also the stables um, stables. Yeah, the stables sort of or have the a yeah. yeah. Or they have they have a variation of one of the themes on in from Ocarina of Time, and the way they the the accordion character the, he goes guy who's playing the accordion he ends up playing the original themes from Ocarina of Time. So they're yeah. sort of maintaining the importance of themes throughout the series, but the the, the little um, piano bits that come in and out in, in Breath of the Wild are definitely not as memorable. But they do provide a lot of pace to yeah, the, it's the interesting. fights.
1: I'm thinking now, and I'm, you know, like I played Ocarina of Time as a kid so yeah. much as I'm sure you did. Yep. Um, and so obviously I remember that game, the music really well. I'm thinking Breath of the Wild, I must have played it for like 100, 150 hours. And the main nice. music I remember is the piano bits. And All right. Oh, okay. The remixes of various um, of, the, of gotcha. the games, like you think. So now I'm thinking, like, yeah, maybe Breath of the Wild's music wasn't quite as.
0: Memorable. Or I'm just not, yeah. not listening. <laughs> you yeah. are. You know, I don't know. Um, um, well, The stuff I remember is like when you encounter enemies, you get this... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do do, 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 do. And um, they're like... Duh, 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 so I guess I do remember things, but they sound a bit more like uh, riffs. Like I remember the riffs more than a big, um, long-moving melody yeah, that you might yeah. find in something like the Hyrule Field of Ocarina of Time.
1: Um. yeah absolutely well so we'll talk about Melbourne and Adelaide before so do you find like a difference between the, uh, the gaming scene so oh, okay. one weird. of the one of the biggest games right now is Untitled Goose game at Melbourne and then you have Team Cherry in Adelaide um, so do you see and you know you're here for Melbourne Games Week mm-hmm. um, so have you been to have you been around here f- for Games Week before
0: yeah uh, this is probably my fourth yeah. time or fifth time and yeah. how do you, you spot the differences between the two scenes uh, from between Melbourne and Adelaide, yes. uh, population is the first thing. Huge <laughs> city, Adelaide, not so huge city. Uh, there is oh, it's really hard to say because I guess during Melbourne Games Week, there's the conferences and the conventions. So PAX, GCap, and High Score, everyone comes together from all over the world. So my experience of the the scene in Melbourne is actually an international experience because of the conventions. But you've got the arcade, which is a really awesome space for game developers to come together and um, uh, collaborate and all that sort of stuff. We've actually got a a setup in Adelaide that's very similar, Um, the name of which, for some reason, I'm on the spot, can't remember. But um, Adelaide is definitely growing in terms of um, its game scene. And we're, we're seeing more studios, indie studios especially, pop up and start to make some really cool, really interesting stuff.
1: What you be doing? What else will you be doing for Games Week this week? So PAX is coming up and other events. What are you doing for those?
0: Uh, so during PAX, uh, there's actually a game in the PAX Indie Showcase uh, called Brussels Sports that I wrote, uh, provided sound design and two music tracks for. And I'm helping out at the booth with that. So it's a multiplayer game. Uh, if you're at PAX, do come along. We'll have uh, controllers happening. Um, everyone join in. It should be a lot of fun.
1: So if we talk about film and TV and games composing, you know, one's a passive medium, or the, the other two are passive medium, and games is more interactive. Is one harder than the other, or is it just different?
0: Definitely different, and the challenges are a bit different. But there are, there are a lot of overlapping aspects. I guess you're right, Um music for a narrative in both uh, mediums, but like I said, it's interactive with games so you, know, you can't underscore certain moments that the player might um, execute so if the player uh, dies by an enemy you know, the, the score won't gradually change, you might start a sting of music right on that moment. Um, that said though, uh, games are getting more and more advanced with interactive uh, music um, and we're seeing a lot of AAAs especially that have really advanced, really fascinating um, interactive uh, systems for music to change the arrangements and all that sort of stuff. That said, with the stuff I'm working on with Hollow Knight, um, it's a lot simpler and we're we're keeping things looped a bit more. So, And that's another large difference is that you have to figure out how you want your composition to loop. Yeah. Whereas with film, you can use the edit to determine the structure of the music.
1: But what about like um, cutscenes? Is that similar to writing for a film or definitely, TV? Definitely.
0: Yes, that's yeah. when that's when it gets back into, yeah, we're, yeah. we're in film mode right now. Um, and it was great. The, the cutscenes at the end of Hollow Knight, especially, allowed me to sort of bring back themes and weave in certain things without having to worry about a loop. And um, yeah.
1: And how about, say, like, the workload compared to like a TV or film?
0: Oh, it's i'm still figuring that out because film uh, has this really short timeline or often a lot shorter than games where you're uh you might be in pre-production for a bit but generally the composers are in post-production so pre-production is before they shoot the film and then post is after and usually there's a re- really big rush to the finish line during post um, especially if you have live musicians involved if you want to try and get an orchestra to play it or if you're even just producing stuff for a mixing sort of dub stage where all the sound gets brought together um it's very sort of episodic this sort of schedule whereas with games um Hollow Knight was one two and two years two and a half years at least when I was involved with it so um uh, it's a bit more loose but also it allows for more iteration and and um, collaborative sort of process and so, uh, how long,
1: how long have you been, say, a composer for?
0: Uh, I've been, uh, I guess I've been making stuff up since 2005 or 2005. six, probably. Yeah. So but getting composer jobs, I guess, from 2010-ish. Um,
1: now, technology, especially now, changing rapidly. Um, yeah. so obviously, you know, I was talking to, um, you know, I'm thinking about, obviously, from the 80s till now, yeah. massive difference, yep. obviously, But even from say 2005 and 2010 onwards, how has the technology changed?
0: uh, Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, mm, I guess the advances that have been really fascinating are the advances in the sample library industry. So um, instruments that are sampled, so instruments that are recorded note by note, but also different articulations of those instruments into a computer to be performed. Uh, live later are becoming more and more realistic so for example um, I have many sample libraries that have a violin sound on my computer um, and the more recent ones that have come out in the last two or three years are very incredibly realistic sounding Um, so that's one of the things that's really advanced recently but um, but even with uh, instruments that can be replicated with a the computer there's still something about having a live player that is re- really hard to um replicate so I, I still really value working with with people on that stuff um another thing with the 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 technology i guess is that anyone can get a copy of unreal engine these days and, and there's no upfront fees with that stuff i know you have to register but um uh, the access to the technology is much more prominent. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we just have, um, there was um, a panel with Minami um, Machime and Takira Itutani. Don't know if you caught that one. Yep, I yeah. was there for that. And yeah. there was a question um, how do you get inspired by other works without copying or the sure. dirty word plagiarism? Mm-hmm. So so for you, Chris, how, how do you get inspiration from? Um, how do you find inspiration from, I mean, not just the character or the elements in the game, but, you know, from other musical pieces? You, do you get inspired and do you try and replicate it, with obviously, music. without playing yeah. or copying.
0: copy? Uh, a famous composer once said, um, someone reminded me of this the other day, that uh, good composers uh, get inspired by things, but great composers steal. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the, the actual process of coming up with new music should be the combining of different... Sources of inspiration. Um, uh, so, drawing inspiration from one genre and combining it with another, but that perhaps haven't been combined yet. Um, so that's one of the things I do. And the other thing is, if it is a bit more based on a reference, uh, just make sure that the you know the melody's different enough that it's not you know the same. And we, it's a tricky thing because in film music, there's this use of the thing called temp track, which is where directors put in uh, temporary pieces of music from other films so you basically got this reference and you have to come up with something similar otherwise the directors and the producers are just not going to accept what you do so you're sort of caught in the system of having to make the music sound the same i'm very lucky with team cherry that they don't give me uh as many references we do have some but um i'm definitely not trying to make my stuff sound exactly like something else we've got we, we do really value um original pieces so Another
1: question they asked was, say, what the developer wanted versus what you wanted. So, with Hall and I, was that relation?
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'd, uh, I I lean a bit more towards Tucker Hero's uh, answer, which was, um, uh, I just do what I want. Almost. <laughs> I mean, he didn't quite say that, but it was pretty much his vibe. But then again, you have to do um, you have to stick to the brief, and I think it's a balancing act. You have to make sure that the music serves the game and serves the experience, because at the end of the day, you are a developer as well. So if, if you're a composer listening to this, I guess, consider yourself um, part of the team making an interactive experience and how does the music support that experience. But also don't forget about what you want to achieve musically. And if you can find ways of weaving your own... Um, voice into this interactive experience and if it supports the overall end user experience then that's really good So,
1: Was there any cut Hollow night music? What are you going to do with Oh that? yeah there's heaps yeah. Yeah. Um, So did you work out it's a silk song or are you going to use it for something else?
0: I don't think there's, no I think we, we pretty much started from scratch with silk song So, so what are you going um, to do with the unused tracks? Uh, I don't think I like them enough to do anything with them Uh, yes that's the answer to the question (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay Um, yeah I think I think that's all I just want to say so what what games uh, you're playing now so you besides you mentioned Untitled Goose Game
0: a bit of Untitled Goose Game um, uh, I was playing a bit of Breath of the Wild but I haven't picked that up for a while um uh, i've actually taken a bit of a break from games and i've just started reading uh, the Farseer trilogy sorry that's a very nerdy <laughs> answer to the question but um uh oh dirt the the dirt rally not not dirt 2 but um uh the uh, the first one I'm, I'm working my way up to dirt 2 but i'm yeah really i that
1: links awakening
0: it doesn't really appeal yeah not uh, much just as the 2d games yeah um yeah um but then again there might be something I, I actually I'm not a huge fan of remakes I kind of like oh what, what are they remaking I, I feel like I need to go back and and see the original um,
1: <laughs> no way you're going to go back and play the original Game Boy <laughs> it's a perhaps two yes. items yeah. two item slots <laughs> no way um, so what about some game music because you know we can music is so easy accessible now. you can find it on Spotify etc so if sure. like any soundtracks you've been listening to later you think we should
0: check out uh, I really loved the soundtrack to Machinarium, which is a point-and-click adventure game, and the music was, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Thomas Tvorak. Um, it's a very obscurely uh, arranged uh, soundtrack in the sense that it uses a lot of odd instrumentation. There's obviously a lot of synthesizers, but the game is about a little rusty robot who uh, walks around this very uh, robot Um world and uh, the sounds and tones in the music is really interesting but it includes a lot of like hammered dulcimers and guitars and i don't even know what half of the instruments are but every time i pick it up there's always something something new i hear in the music that really yeah fascinates me so awesome well thank you for your time if
1: you can just uh, let us know where we can find you on social media or your music
0: sure my social media tag is usually composer larkin or one word i'm on twitter um, I don't use Facebook that much, so definitely add me on Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, website, ComposerLarken.com. And uh, you can find Hollow Knight on Steam, Switch, and uh, all the consoles, as far as I know. And, um, yeah, and that's that's me. Well. Yeah. There's Spotify, a, yeah. a Spotify, Bandcamp, and iTunes. Hollow Knight is on.
1: And you got any other projects besides Hollow Knight, Song coming
0: up? Uh, I'm working on a... Uh, uh, a couple games I can't say publicly just yet, but uh, they're point-and-click adventure games and uh, and WrestleDunk Sports, which I can say that's going to be at PAX uh, next weekend. So definitely come and check that out. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Chris. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks.